Hey listeners, before we get started, I wanted to share with you a brand new podcast that you might be interested in. It's the new Braves Dugout Podcast. This podcast is about all things Atlanta Braves baseball. They talk about roster moves, potential trades, game recaps. Now this may all seem cliche for a sports podcast, but they also include a special segment each week where they talk about controversial topics using only stats and logic and no bias. Controversial topics such as which Braves player should or should not be in the Hall of Fame, why your favorite player may not be as valuable as you think they are, or how certain players you may not like deserve more love. It's the new Braves Dugout Podcast. You can currently catch this podcast. See what I did there? Catch this podcast on Spotify or on Anchor.fm. It's sure to be a hit. Hi there, listeners. If you know your onions, you might remember me from the early 90s. I'm Pippa, better known as Moldy Spice from the wicked girl group Spice Girls. I was kicked out in 1993 just before they hit it big. But I'm here to introduce you to this brilliant new product I named after myself, Mold Spice. Mold Spice is a revolutionary new cooking product and household cleaner all in one. Mold Spice will remove mold and mildew in just seconds. And you can use that bespoke residue to enhance soups, nosh, pasta, even bloody ice cream. That's right, it's an edible cleaner designed to help you build your immunity. Blimey! Mold Spice. Don't be a tosser. Grab a hold of some Mold Spice today. Past of chase with strong alcoholic beverages. It is suggested Mold Spice be taken in conjunction with antihistamines and strong decongestants. FDA has no plans to ever approve this product. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above Average Shoe Show! Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Above Average Joe Show. As always, I am your host, Joe. And today we have got a special guest that has worked on a few projects, including First Man, Prank Encounters on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it's freaking hilarious. Has worked on The Ellen Show when Ellie Kemper was hosting temporarily. Has worked on Dynasty, Greenleaf, and several other shows, including Anchorman 2, which we will discuss later on. And was also in viral videos for Trip and Tyler, which if you haven't seen their stuff, we will post links for that too, because they're freaking hilarious. But our guest today is Beth Pilgrim. Beth, how are you doing today? Hey, Joe. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you are welcome. Thanks for joining us. How have you been? I've been good. I've been, um, you know, it's been a tough time in this COVID season, but I am lucky enough to have had some savings and I've been recently getting some more jobs on set. So that's nice to supplement my income. So I think I'm doing good. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. And as always, First question that I ask all of my guests is, how did you get into the film industry? Yeah, and I bet you have such like different answers for everybody. Mine is also an odd uh, entrance into film. I was, before I worked in entertainment, and I, I am a makeup artist and an actress, um, I was a youth minister. So I worked for an organization uh, with teenagers, and before that, I was in sales and in between that, I lived in Africa teaching AIDS education. So I don't have 
any kind of like, nothing makes sense as to how I got into this. But when I worked in youth ministry, I had a difficult time and it was just circumstantial. I was sick the whole time um, due to mold exposure randomly. And then I also dated the boss. And let me just say, guys, it's probably not the best idea. Don't date the boss. But <laughs> it's okay. We're friends now. But I had a I had a challenging time for that four years that I was there. And I remember just praying, just laying on my bed and praying. God, change everything. Just change everything. And I remember one time, like articulating more detail of like, I would love this and please do this and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I heard in my head and it came out of my mouth, God, get me into film. But that's not a thought that I've ever had. It wasn't even like <laughs> a, conscience, a conscious prayer. Um, but I prayed it knowing, okay, that was not me. And so then I started to be like, what would I do in film? Okay, but sure, if that was you, God, sure, get me in a film. Get, do, let me do something in film. And I just started to pray it. And then a couple weeks later, I went to my friend's house who married a super successful uh, musician. And she and I used to do makeup together. And then she married this guy and didn't need to work again. And um, she gives me her whole makeup kit. And she's like, I just feel like you would be able to use this more than me. Wow. And I had kind of taken classes. I mean, I did. I took classes when I was a 13-year-old for makeup. And I had always loved it. Um, and I had done makeup in high school for my friends, for parties, and then in college for sorority parties. And then also when they got married. So it was something I loved, but I just, you know, I didn't pursue much more. But literally the very next day that that woman gave me her makeup kit, I got asked to do a job on set. So oh. she, well, she was asked, let me say that she was asked, she gave it to me cause she doesn't want to work anymore. And then Still I, incredible, <laughs> yeah, right? Like the timing is stupid. God, get me into film. Two weeks later, Lauren gives me her whole kit. The day after that, she gets called for a job. She hadn't been called in six months or more. She gives it to me. I go on set. And when I was on set, it was as if I hadn't been depressed for the last four years, something inside of me came so alive. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to do this. And so then I started to pray like for more opportunities on set. And then literally people just came out of the woodwork. Hey, so-and-so said that you do makeup. I had the smallest kit and a lot of it was like personal eyeshadows, which I would be ashamed to like use my own stuff on <laughs> strangers now, <laughs> but that's kind of how it started. And I had done makeup for a number of months before you and I met on Anchorman too. And that's what started my acting love. And being a makeup artist, especially now, um, for the listeners, in case you're listening later on, we're in the middle of the pandemic still. And so the film industry is just kind of starting to boot back up. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious on, even if you want to go beyond makeup on what's happening on set, because I'm still unaware of like all of the things they're doing, but at least in makeup, how are they handling social distancing when you have to be up in somebody's face yeah. to do makeup. You can't be six feet away and putting on eyeshadow. I know. You know, it's tough. I've had three, I think three makeup jobs since COVID and three talent jobs. I will say because of safety, I very much prefer the talent jobs now just because I, I'm not putting myself or anybody else at risk being inches from their face. <laughs> um, but for my makeup jobs in particular, 
I know, like I was on a Zoom call with a bunch of union makeup artists and commercial and TV artists, and they were discussing on whether or not a face shield would be a requirement. I have a face shield and I bring it to my jobs, but with your mask plus the face shield, I actually can't breathe because the face shield like kind of um, puts weight on the mask. So then the little tiny air hole at the bottom is, is covered. <laughs> so mm. it's challenging. I've actually taken my shield off every time and I'll put glasses on, you know, to shield from droplets and then my mask. But I mean, I, I myself and all of the friends, the makeup artists that I run with, we're already very sanitary and, um, very precautious or very, excuse me, cautious about like spraying our shadows down after every person anyway. So we did that before all of this happened. So now I'm just a little more paranoid. I, <laughs> you can't have your brushes like in open air because of droplets. Like obviously I'm not a scientist, but I know that it's dangerous when people laugh or sneeze or anything that droplets could come out of their mouth and they're not wearing masks. So I keep all of my brush. I, every single thing is like enclosed in a, um, like a, a container. And when I need to get something out, I open that container and then I close it again. So the setup is totally different and I'm just super mindful about the air, but like you can't get Lysol anywhere or wipes. So it's pretty difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I love it. I'm grateful, but it is, it is, um, if you're already prone to being anxious, um, like I'm a six on the Enneagram for anybody listening and you know what that means. Um, so I like <laughs> always want to feel safe and I want the people I'm around to feel safe. So it's tough to do that right now as a makeup artist. And I would assume that there's, I like, I've been doing special effects makeup for a while, which this was before all the pandemic stuff. But now that we're in the pandemic and everything and you're using this stuff on people, I'm assuming that there's ways that they have now of cleaning all of these instruments too between people or? Yeah. So what I was saying a second ago is like, I, I already, I already was super clean in between people anyway. And so I'm still that way. Like I, I've never double dipped a brush into a gel container or like I, I just have never done that. Um, everything gets scooped out onto a palette. I was talent on a commercial last month and I read the makeup requirements that they would have for the artist so that we would feel safe. And they wanted her um, to have like disposable palettes and to have every like, you know, lip disposables, mascara, which we already carry that stuff. Um, I, she wasn't, I don't know that she does this all the time anyway. So she, uh, I just did my own makeup. I, I'm lucky that I have the background that I do to where I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll do my own because <laughs> I don't necessarily want a stranger in my face either, even though it's provided. <laughs> but I guess the only difference is than what I was already doing before is they want you to have different capes for every single talent, which I don't know. I mean, they're like sold out for a while. Yeah. Um, so I haven't been using capes. I just, I've never dropped a brush. So I just, you know, just hope be careful. I can <laughs> continue to not. Yeah. Also talents never in wardrobe. Usually. Um, I know in TV they are, but I haven't done TV since March. Yeah. So it's not a huge change. It's just the mask and then the gloves and then the face shield situation that is like all, all a little bit new. Yeah. 
And then shifting gears into yeah. projects that you've worked on. Uh, yeah. First one that we met on and one of your first projects. This is probably in the middle of everything I was doing uh, in the film industry. But Anchorman 2. Yeah. What we, a fun time. We spent, what was it, like a month? I think working on that. <laughs> well, you may have. I did, uh, I think it was nine or 10 days. So you could have had a longer run than me, but it was, it changed my life being on that. And what were some of your favorite memories? Um, could be scenes, could be things behind the scenes, um, just any sort of things that you remember from working on that set. I, they, I think they cut this scene, but when Will Ferrell's character came back and he was blind and he came back from <laughs> I knew you were gonna say this scene. <laughs> <laughs> he came back from wherever he I remember he went away for a while and he came back and he busts into the newsroom with a comb in his hair. He's wearing like loose tidy whities So they weren't tidy, they were like loosey whities And <laughs> he's just having a fit rolling around on the ground. Um, like we were all crying, laughing, which I think is probably why they had to cut that scene out of the movie. Cause you'll never see that. Not even in the deleted scenes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. For those that don't know. So I played a makeup artist in Anchorman too. So they had sent out, my friend had sent me a link to say, Hey, you should sign up for this. And it said, um, looking for a makeup artist real makeup artist who looks like she could be from the seventies. So they were looking for a female who looked like she could be from the seventies. And I actually, just before this, I found those photos of what I submitted. <laughs> so funny that I submitted that and they took it like, great. <laughs> um, we were all uh, featured background for Anchorman too. And so we got to be there for all the scenes and yeah, for sure, we all lost it at that point. And yeah, I don't know how they would have edited around it unless they put like a block over our face or something. <laughs> but it was really funny. And yeah, that whole experience was amazing. That's what got me into improv because watching those masters just improvise off the cuff like that. And you remember the taco meat when Paul Rudd... Um, or the bag of dimes. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about rest <laughs> and plants and he's just coming up with all this gold. And I was just in awe. And so after, after filming that, I got into improv for a year and started to take film and TV classes for a year also. And it was all because of Anchorman 2. And then a year later is when I got an agent because I got on this video and... It really changed my life. It was amazing. I would still love to work for Adam McKay, like, but as a principal actor next time. That would that's like a dream of mine. And after that, you worked with Trip and Tyler, which we had mentioned earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. I love their videos. Talk about what it's like working with them and working on their YouTube shorts. Yeah. So I've known Trip and Tyler for years. I went to school with Tyler, Tyler Stanton. They are, they're like comedians online for those that don't know, but I, I went to school with Tyler and we studied abroad together in London. So we like became great friends. Trip and I met, I think through like mutual church friends and he dated a bunch of my friends. So <laughs> he used to tell me that I should do stand up, and I'd be like, no, I would never. Um, but then like years later, he asked me to be in this video with him and Tyler called a conference call in real life. And it was the first, maybe it was the first one of that kind, like a corporate spoof. I, I could be mm -hmm. wrong, but, um, it was one of the first, if not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's say that it was one of the first. Yeah. Um, and so I just did that as their friend and I thought it would be fun to like 
be on camera with them. And it ended up getting like at the time, I think it got like 15 million hits um, in a pretty short amount of time. And so that just, you know, it circulated. And then three people that I know sent that to my now agent. <laughs> and then she, the head of the agency, reached out to me which never happens and was like, Hey, we're looking for comedic females. I was wondering if you would consider being on our roster. And I was like, go look on your desk. I submitted three weeks ago. <laughs> and she said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't see it. Like, well, yeah, if you're interested in us, we are interested in you. Would you like to sign? And I said, yes, for sure. And so because of Tripp and Tyler, I have my agent. Awesome. Yeah. And what have you done acting wise since getting your agent? I do a lot of internet videos, a lot of sketches. I worked for a comedian named John Christ. He does a lot of like Christian spoofs. He comes from a, uh, he's a pastor's kid, eight children in the family. So there's, you know, plenty of things Ooh. to make fun of there, <laughs> but I've done a few spoofs for him. And like, I just actually did my first, or maybe it was my second national commercial, which is exciting. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. We filmed it last month. It's for Yo Play We, uh, like French for yes. <laughs> and just like a, a number of commercials. I had a, um, a Budweiser and CPAC shrimp commercial last year, which was fun. I got to do that. Together? Budweiser and yeah, CPAC? Yeah, so it's beer-battered shrimp. It's for CPAC. But oh, it is, yummy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just Budweiser beer-battered uh, shrimp, frozen shrimp. And uh, let me tell you, I had to eat a lot of frozen shrimp that day. We had a spit bucket next to us. <laughs> It was, it's just funny, all the behind the scenes stuff that nobody would think. Yeah, I probably ate like. I would, I would have refused that spit bucket. You would have I eaten it? Oh, I would have con continued to eat as much shrimp as possible. It's cold. It wasn't actually frozen at this point, but it was legitimately cold frozen shrimp. And we had oh. to act like it just came out of the kitchen and it was so delicious, and I'm sure it is hot, but okay, it's... maybe not so much now that you're giving all the behind the scenes <laughs> details. It doesn't sound as appetizing. No, it was not hot at all. It was not like coated in anything, but just cold batter. <laughs> uh, but I'm... yeah, if you wanted me to just sit down and eat some fried shrimp for eight hours, I could do that. Oh yeah, <laughs> give it to me hot all day, but no, not straight out of the freezer, like a little bit of like defrosting had happened. <laughs> so I've mainly just done, um, I do a lot of spokes work, like spokesperson street to camera hosting type work or comedic spots. Last August, I actually booked my first horror film and it's my first um, like major film to be a part of, like with a speaking role. Um, yeah. And it's The Conjuring 3. <laughs> so it's so <laughs> different than anything else that I typically book, but I was thrilled to be a part of it. Even though I get scared at scary movies, I was so excited about The Conjuring. Oh, nice. I did like a, a reporter role. So I got to interview uh, Patrick Wilson as he's coming out of a courthouse for some case that will go unnamed. But he is stunning in real life. My gosh. <laughs> These actors that look like, you know, normal people on camera are gorgeous in real life. <laughs> I like to think that every time I see myself on film. Say what? When I see myself on film, I think I look way hotter in real life. Oh, <laughs> that's great. I'm sure you look super hot in both ways. 
But Patrick Wilson is just, his blue eyes are piercing. And I was just kind of stunned by his presence, but I was there with him and... Um, Vera Farmiga. Yeah, it's Vera, the main person. <laughs> yeah, I love her. So it was a, it was a scene with both of them. And um, I was just reporting, but I got to wear like 80s garb and it was so much fun to have my hair in rollers. All of the TV and film credits that I've booked, I've been a reporter, which I'm fine. Like, I'll take your SAG money to talk to the camera any day. <laughs> Typecast. I know. I don't know why some people complain about that. I've had some friends that are that have complained of, no, oh, my agent only submits me for whatever. And my agent submits me for other things. I just book reporter stuff. <laughs> so I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But I know that I'm articulate and I know I have a good voice. And so I just happen to book reporter easily, easier. <laughs> and tra- transitioning from the dreamy eyes of working on The Conjuring <laughs> to the dream come true that you had working on The Ellen Show with, I'm going to... I'm going to be honest, third favorite person from The Office. Um, <laughs> Who are your first two? Jenna Fisher, number one. Okay. Amy Adams, number two. Ellie Kemper, I'm sorry, you made number three, Wait. but you still beat out Steve Carell. Amy Adams. So I, I should tell you, I, I never really watched The Office. I'm not like a big uh, comedian. Like, I, I, I do comedy. That's part of what I do. But yeah. I don't like to watch it for some reason. So I, I didn't even know Amy Adams was in The Office. She wasn't a cast member. She made a couple special guest appearances. Oh, okay. And she was dating Jim Halpert for a while. Oh. So she was kind of the becoming a girlfriend, never really made it to a girlfriend, but she showed up for like a handful of episodes. Got it. In season huh. two, I think it was. Might have been season one also. That's cool. Yeah, I have a huge crush on Jim too now. Like Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. What? It's so good. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he's he's incredible, and he needs to do all the, like, fighting stressful things because I need more of it in my life. I don't know why. I think I'm addicted to stress because of, like, before COVID, I just lived in survival mode all the time. So I can only watch stressful television because I think my body's like, hey, you're not stressed anymore. We need a little more cortisol to feel normal. Um, so I should probably start watching Little Women. But Ellie... <laughs> was a dream come true. I didn't watch her in the office, but I loved her as Kimmy Schmidt. And I've never been so compared to one person in my life as I have to her. So when somebody asked me like, Hey, we've got this Super Bowl segment. Uh, the Ellen show is coming to town. Uh, we've got a female talent. We'd love for you to do makeup for her for two days. Uh, are you available? And I was like, yes. And then the day after they were like, Oh, by the way, it's been confirmed. It's Ellie Kemper. I was like, what? Like, Oh my gosh, I can't even believe it. Except I can. Cause God would do that. Cause I love her. Um, <laughs> she was delightful. Like we finished each other's sentences. We really are in real life. Very much similar. And I told her the second day, um, I was like, Hey, I've been meaning to like tell you this. I didn't want to yesterday, but like, so, and I let her know that I was compared to her more than anybody else. She goes, Oh my gosh, I didn't want to tell you yesterday, but like, I thought the same thing too. And I'm like, Ellie, why wouldn't you want to tell me that? Like, that's such a compliment. So it's just neat. We, I think we would be friends in real life if, if we had the opportunity, <laughs> if I could be her makeup artist for her show. You're like sisters from a different mother. Yes. There's no like rhyming thing there, but yes. I know. I I couldn't think of a rhyme real quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Twinning. Either yeah. way, you guys were twinning. So Totally twinning. It was so much fun. 
Yeah, I think she has a movie coming out about that too. I mean, the show's been canceled, but I think that they have a movie coming out about uh, Kimmy Schmidt. So that'll be fun. Oh, wow. I did not know yeah. about that. It's exciting. We'll get a little bit more Kimmy in our lives. And then the last project I want to talk about, which I saved this yeah. one for last on purpose oh. because I loved it so much and would have, honestly, I would have never watched it had I mm-hmm. not known that you worked on it because Prank Encounters was freaking ingenious. Oh, I do that too. It's amazing. Like I, let me tell you that. So I, I'll watch sports sometimes, but I'm not, I'm not like super into it. I I like watching a good football game or basketball game, but let me tell you, watching these improvisers would be so much greater than like my Super Bowl all day long because on this show, so we're, we're basically playing pranks on people and our host is Gaten Matarazzo from Stranger Things and he is a doll and he's so silly and I love him. That's actually what I was working on right when COVID happened is we were doing season two. Oh, wow. And we, I know we had already done four episodes. We had four more left to go or maybe, I wonder, see last season we did 10 episodes and then they narrowed it down to eight. So two of them were not shown. Anyway, we had, you know, the rest of the second season to go. And then COVID happened. But Gaten is our host. It's kind of like a modern day punk for those of you that used to love Ashton Kutcher and punk except we're not pranking celebrities. We're pranking everyday people. And I'm so glad that you loved it. <laughs> oh, I love the fact that they would prank two people simultaneously and both people would not know that everybody else was in on the prank. So you had more realism because you had two people acting naturally because they had no clue. Yeah. Like, I just want to say how freaking brilliant the producers are, the actors and the director. So I get to sit in the truck. So we have like a Penske truck that that's like the control room essentially. So we've got the director, the producer, well, all the producers are in this truck. And then me and Gaten, um, and usually either his mom or like, um, his teacher, cause he has a, a teacher come to set, you know, for school anyway. So I am there to watch his hair and, you know, in case he gets shiny, but I get to watch the director. So all of the actors are pr- like the main talent, um, are usually, I think they're all from LA and pretty much all of them, I think are improvisers on a main stage somewhere and have done it for years. They are the most impressive. I mean, it's the most impressive thing that I think I've ever seen. So they have the director in their ear, they're all wearing an earpiece, an earwig is what they call it. So they know the gist, they have rehearsed it. They know the kind of the, the script as to what has to happen. But while these two, we call them the marks, the people that we're pranking, while these two marks come in, you know, we've got, I guess, two different situations going on with them. And then when the marks collide, that's when it's so exciting because the director is speaking to everybody in their ear. Everybody can hear the director's notes for everybody. And then they're still keeping a straight face. They never flinch whenever he's like, no, say this, say this. They just deliver their lines as if that was their idea. It's really the most remarkable thing I've ever (laughs) seen. And because of what I do is like both acting and makeup, especially loving improv, it is the best job that I could ever be given the opportunity because I get to do both things. You know, I get to learn and do makeup. It's so awesome. It sounds like it was a blast. Yeah, Gaten, second favorite character from Stranger Things. Who's your first? Well, Millie Bobby Brown, but that's only because I worked with her previously. 
Oh, you did? What did you do with her previously? Godzilla King of Monsters. Oh, yeah. No, I love Millie, too. I did, um, I mean, I, I did uh, make up for Stranger Things promo days for season two. So whenever they ha- they all have their press days mm-hmm. and they have to be on the Today Show, Good Morning America, all that stuff. So they'd have, like, multiple uh, reporters in that day to interview the whole cast um, on their set. So she has her own makeup people that come in and like take care of her. But I got to be around her and the other kids, which was so much fun. So watching their chemistry all together is, it just gives you joy. Like they are all friends and they're all delightful and funny. You know, what's like so difficult is we're all waiting for various seasons of whatever show we're obsessed with to come out again. And, Unfortunately, we have a global pandemic, so everything is on halt. But I was like so excited to see like what happened to Hopper because clearly in the trailer for season four, he's like shoveling snow, so he's not dead. It doesn't look like. Yeah. So I'm like, what the heck happened to him? <laughs> and while Gaten was in town, we coordinated our schedules so that he could be in Atlanta while he's filming Stranger Things. So he would be on Stranger Things one day and then he would come to our set. So on all of his off days, he was with us for the most part. And so obviously I'm not going to ask questions about the other show and he's not able to tell me even yeah. if I did, but just the- not disclosure. Exactly. <laughs> like we could both be sued. We would never cross that line, but just thinking that he was like, Oh, I just want to know what happens to Hopper and like everybody it's so exciting and I hate that it's been put on pause. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come up eventually though. You know, you know, 2021 is going to be so tight. Like we're going to love, I hope we're going to love 2021. It's just going to be our year for all of our shows to come back. I hope. And hopefully COVID won't be as bad, but you know, but yeah. we don't have any guarantees of anything, Joe. Yeah. So, Oh, you probably haven't, obviously you haven't been down here in a while uh, or, or on a set, but Craft services is so different now too, but let me tell you, I kind of like it. So, you know, in the old days before COVID to where they would have like bags, like large bags of snacks. Oh yeah. And some people would stick their hand directly in that bag, get a handful and then eat it. Do you ever remember that? Are you pointing out the things that I did while on income? Are you kidding me? Did you eat one of those people? No, oh no, I, I always dump Joe. it out from the bag. I don't throw my hand in there. I don't like well, that's etiquette. I don't like yeah. even using a spoon that they left in there if somebody else has already used that spoon because it's like, well, that touched your plate. I don't know what's been on your plate, so I'm gonna grab me a oh. new spoon to use. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I like used to hate it when I would see like some member of crew just like go get a handful of something and just walk off and eat it like. I think that I might, I mean, I'm just a huge germaphobe, um, but it's fine. So now everything is in like closed containers. They don't have anything open to share. Everything is individual packing. And I'm like, <laughs> now you people have to be sanitary. You can't just dip your now potentially COVID hands into my chocolate covered raisins. You know. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get this wrapped up. Do you have any social medias or any links or anything that you want to share with our listeners that we can also put onto our social medias? Of course. Yeah. If they want to follow me and what I'm doing, I post makeup and talent stuff on my Instagram and that is at Beth Pilgreen. And if anybody is listening to this and they are curious about my website, it's 
it's bethpilgreen.com and they can contact me also on my website too. If anybody wants to inquire of my makeup services, I'd be happy to talk with you. Wow. And something else I've been doing, Joe, is uh, since we're all, or we have been kind of locked down, I've been offering uh, makeup consultations over Zoom. Wow. Yeah. It's been so much fun. So I just advertised this on my Instagram, like maybe a couple months ago because I needed income, you know, so <laughs> how about just use the skills you've already got. And I, um, I put it out there and then women from like all over the country that had followed me, they signed up. And so what we would do is I would have a zoom meeting with them and they would bring their makeup and their brushes and all of the stuff that they own. And then we would both do our makeup together and I would show them how to use what they have and then like give them ideas for a new look. And then I would send them an email for like, you know, suggestions for more products if they wanted to add to their kids. So it's been a lot of fun and it's helped keep my like makeup skills fresh. And so that's something that I've been able to do. So if anybody's interested, feel free to contact me about that too. Awesome. And we'll also include some of the YouTube uh, videos that we have discussed. So if you want to see the Trip and Tyler video, we'll post that on our social medias and okay. a couple other ones that you guys can check out. But thank you, listeners, for joining us. And thank you, Beth, once again, for being such an awesome guest. I miss you so much. Oh, my gosh. You're so welcome. I know I miss you, too. Thanks for having me on your show. It's been fun. And we will be back next week, guys, with another episode of the Above Average Joe Show. Cool. Thank you again to our special guest, Beth Pilgreen. Be sure to check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitters, and look us up on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also check out another podcast I co-host, The Extra Unordinary, and other great media content by Moon Possum Productions at moonpossum.com.